0: Requires high-speed internet. Connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply.
2: The Athletic.
1: Hello and welcome to You are Into West Ham podcast from The Athletic. I'm Sam Delaney. I'm joined as always by Rashane Thomas, The Athletic's West Ham correspondent. We are still buzzing. It is Tuesday morning. We've had two days to reflect, two days to try and calm ourselves. I feel just as excitable as I did all of Sunday afternoon, to be honest. What a spectacular result against local rivals, the club that West, West Ham fans hate beyond all others, um, and not just any old result against Tottenham, but a result against Tottenham that puts us looking pretty healthy in the Champions League places as we reach the end of February. What in the hell is going on? What a day at the London Stadium on Sunday. And Rashane Thomas, you were one of the lucky few to have actually been there. What was that like? Michael Antonio
2: from close range tucks it home. I'm forever blowing bubbles. <laughs> oh, still, still on Kyle's nine, sir. So still on class nine. Listen, well, that's the amazing, but the last 10 minutes, I was so nervous. Yeah. The last ten minutes of that because the thing is, right, when you're in a press box, you have to be professional. Like we all have clubs with support, but you have to be professional in the press box. Yeah. In the last ten minutes, like I remember there was one incident where Suchek did a shoulder barge, I forgot who it was on, and the Lionsman gave it as a foul. I was like, Lionsman, what on earth are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone around me started laughing, but ah, uh, I lost all composure. Minutes,
1: <laughs> I lost all <laughs> composure. Yeah, I mean, luckily, as I understand it, they're in the press pack. You're not the only um, hammer in the press pack. So it must be sort of all right. Um, There must be some other fellow hammers getting a little bit tense and sweaty palmed towards the end of that game, right?
2: Well, to be fair, most of them are Tottenham fans.
1: (laughs) Seriously? (laughs)
2: Yeah, most of them are Tottenham fans.
1: Oh, God, I wouldn't bet it would turn ugly. If I was in the press box, you don't want to be surrounded by Spurs fans, although it must have felt lovely at the end. Mate, I've got to tell you, I was so stressed out in that game, not just at the end when they were pressing us so hard. Right. But to be honest, through the game, because the stakes were so high and as if I wasn't stressed enough already, just like moments, seconds before the kickoff. A mate of mine on uh, the WhatsApp group that I I share with a a bunch of other West Ham fans wrote to us all, there is an argument that this is the biggest game that West Ham have played in the last 20 years or something like that, right? And I thought, oh, he's being silly. But then I sort of started to contemplate it and I thought, well, in a way it, it is. I mean, you know, there's been playoff games that I suppose you could argue would be more crucial, but... To be this high in the table this late in the season and to be looking to secure that further with a game against a clearly vulnerable and weakened Tottenham Hotspur at our own ground, there is so much pressure in that. And the fact that we were Bookie's favourites going into it for the first time in practically 20 years against Tottenham Hotspur, it, it piled on a lot of pressure that I was unused to. I kind of realised that you're just so conditioned to be an underdog as a West Ham fan and you get used to it and there's something comfortable in it because you think, well, the worst that can happen is that we lose and that's what everyone expects from us anyway. So pff, same, same old West Ham, doesn't really matter. We crack on, that's life. When you're going into a game thinking, we really ought to win this, we can win it and what's more, we should win it, then the pressure is so high. I was bloody exhausted <laughs> by the end of the match, mate. I don't know how you wrote your report.
2: Ah, that, that's a that's a story as well. Because um, obviously at the Athletic, we try and be a bit different in our match reports. So afterwards, I spoke to my my boss, Alex Kajowski. We were like, yeah, you know, it's great West Ham, are fourth, two points ahead of Chelsea. It's great about, you know, Moyes beat um, Jose Mourinho. But like, how can we be different from everyone else? Because that's what everyone else would be like writing about afterwards. So I was like, you know what? It was the lovely moment in the second half where Lingard scored and I saw Thornais and Declan Rice run over to celebrate and I didn't see that last season. The only person who was doing sort of like unique celebrations were like Antonio. That's pretty much it and obviously the the nice moment when Declan Rice scored against Watford around to the technical area to embrace David Moyes but apart from that I didn't really see any sort of synchronised celebrations so I was like let's just do that because no one's going to be talking about it and it's such a nice moment and again it shows it just it just you know shows the the togetherness, the camaraderie, the fact that they, they can make fun of themselves and feel no way about it. I thought it was a nice moment. So so yeah, that's how we came out with the match report at the end.
1: It was really nice actually. It was it was a it was a really I mean yeah I'm not mad keen on the choreographed goal <laughs> celebrations, but you know whatever rings their bells I suppose. But yeah, I suppose it does. Um, it is a great nod towards the camaraderie and and the unity in that squad that I can only assume has come about as a result of David Moyes' influence, because a lot of the players are the same as they were before. I mean, there are some new faces like Lingard and the Czech boys, but, you know, the majority of the squad is the same as it was last year when it looked like we were really struggling for Team Spirit. Do you think Team Spirit is almost the most important thing that's got us to where we are at this point in the season?
2: I really do. Uh, like I'm not sure if you listened to the interview what Declan and I spoke well, on a talk sport yesterday about how the mentality has changed, the band on a daily basis, the love the players have for each other, and how, you know, beforehand, they sort of practiced that celebration, and it was 4 idea, you know, stuff like that. Like I, I see a team that's not like 11 individuals. I see a team that's like mm. willing to fight for each other, you know, just fight for the cause. Last season, you could argue, obviously, before Moyes appointed manager, that they you know, got Felipe Anderson, you got Hala, you got players that, it just felt like there's too many individuals on in the starting eleven, but now you have got players coming off the bench having an impact. Players like Issa Diok coming in for the cold, scoring goals and doing well. Like I see, I see, I see a brotherhood. Like I really do. Mm. And I mentioned in the piece where, like my favorite memory from the 2010 World Cup was Ghana scoring, scoring goals. And the, the reason why it is, they would always celebrate. Like I would look forward to watching um, Ghana score a goal, just so like see a celebration. And we're, we're seeing that now. West Ham, you know, the 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 lovely half of one another. So, all in all, it's just beautiful to see. And you mentioned David Moyes. I actually think a big reason for that, more recently, Jesse Lingard. His personality is definitely rubbing off on the players. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but he posted a, a video on his Instagram story, just laughing for four hours. We were, <laughs> he was, she was mocking his dance with the fluet. It's beautiful to see. Like, it really was. So, I think Lingard's a big factor behind that as well.
1: Because Lingard, if we if we qualify for the Champions League, people will look back and say, well, West Ham are heading for a decent finish but the introduction of Lingard gave them that extra little edge that pushed them into the top four, because that's what he's doing at the moment. I mean, he's been the difference in a couple of close games, hasn't he? Including Tottenham. I wouldn't say he was man the match against Spurs, because everyone played fantastically. But I would say that the way in which he scored the second goal was just classic Lingard. He pounced on a mistake and he just sort of Basically, bar- he, he sort of barreled his way through at goal as if nothing would stop him or get in his way. He just insisted, he was just like, it was, it's like that thing when you look at a player and it's almost like he's made a decision to score. Right, I'm going to score now. Out the way. Here we go. That's what he did, didn't he?
2: For sure. And you know what, Sam? I'm going to say we're visionary, you know, because mm. do you remember, I think it was maybe like three podcasts ago, we were like, we're talking about Papa Sisi and the impact he had at Newcastle towards the second half of the season. I oh, like, listen, Lingard could be our Pepe Sisse. You never know. And I remember, like, for that podcast, you put out a tweet saying, Lingard will be our Pepe Sisse. And now look, he's scored three goals yeah. already in, what, in a month. Talk yeah. about him potentially forcing his way into the England squad. And he's having a similar impact. He really is. And you know what? I don't even think West Ham should wait until the end of the season. Sign Lingard now. Don't yeah. even wait. His value will only increase. Man United will put like an extra mil on his valuation. Sign Lingard right now. He's loving it. He's formed a great uh, bond with uh, Declan Rice and Mark Noble. Like, he's really enjoying it right now. And
1: I've got to say, whatever yeah. United are, are asking for him is going to be worth it. Uh, that sounds mad. There's obviously going to be a limit. But if you look in the Premier League at the moment, not just West Ham, but the Premier League as a whole, he's got to be in the top three or four performing players right now. It's just fantastic, isn't it? Because I think... We've got more players like that now. I think Antonio's like that. I think Suchet's like that too. And I yeah. hope that Bowen and Ben Rama will respond to having those kind of players mm-hmm. around them and four nails and raise their level. I think it will be good for those lads.
2: I, I, I definitely agree. And listen, I'm not saying Ben Rama's like Cristiano Ronaldo, but I remember when Ronaldo was first at Man United and you do all these step overs, all these tricks. Mm. And I reached a point where I was like, you know what? Less is more. Like you're talented, but less is more. And I feel like that's what that's what more he's trying to coach into Ben Rama right now. Just yeah. you can do all the tricks, but to do it at the right time. And I feel obviously he's made great progress, but I feel in time he will come good. And yeah. with Lingard, he's just such a likable person. He's such yeah. a likable person and there's players at rival teams who are so likable, I want him to do well. So I can think of someone like Ollie Watkins. Because he's such such a likable guy, you want him to do well for Aston Villa. Or let's just what just do well in general. And I feel like you know, fans of other teams looking at Lingard, I thought I'd be like, he's such a good player. I wanted to do all well at West Ham. I spoke to one of my mates the other day. He's an Arsenal fan, and he's watching West Ham games because of Lingard.
1: Really? <laughs>
2: but yeah, you're watching West Ham games because of Lingard. he likes Lingard? He wants him to do well.
1: Yeah. And
2: it's great to have someone like that in a team. Someone that you know the players gravitate towards. The player he's gonna do funny celebrations. I remember after the match, um, of the recent match against Tottenham, he posted a video and he tried to do a Cockney accent. And I started laughing because it's like, that's yeah. just typical England right there. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's really good to see.
1: I, I think there was a sense when he first signed some people who, you know, I mean, and I'm one of them. I I watched him play for England in the World Cup. That was my main knowledge of him. That was the main time I'd seen him play. And I thought he was pretty good. You know, he was all right um, in in a good England team. I wouldn't say he was one of the best players in that England team, but everyone played well that summer on the whole. Uh, uh, but then I knew, you know, the other thing I thought about Lingard was I just remember him being on that coach that the West Ham fans attacked on the last game at Upton Park and him lying on the floor laughing, <laughs> giggling and shouting mummy, right? Which I did respect him because I thought it was funny, right? And, uh, and But he had this reputation, didn't he, based on his social media image and the whole thing of calling himself j and people thought, nah, maybe he's a bit of a prat Maybe he's just one of these guys who's more interested in the celebrity lifestyle than he is in being a pro. But it just goes to show you, you got to be careful how you judge people. You know, that's that's the sort of spirit of this team as well. They're, they're a good young bunch of lads who obviously are a laugh. They, they enjoy each other's company. They, you know, they've got a sense of humour and that's lovely for fans to see. But boy, they've got this professionalism too. What I'm saying is, mate. You don't have to be like Alan Shearer in order to play like Alan
0: Shearer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com/slash credit card. But they've obviously got to
1: balance right. And I tell you what else, just another thing. We heap praise on Moys every single week. But I think that as a as a manager, as a leader, it takes actually quite a lot of strength of character to have that many senior lieutenants around you. Because a lot of people, especially in in a job like football management, where you know it's so insecure, so perilous, you could be replaced at any moment, you know. And very often we've seen assistants take over from managers in situations like that. Um, it, there's a, there's a temptation with some senior people if they're a bit insecure about their position to not want too many senior men with big characters and huge experience. Working around them and underneath them because they feel threatened by that, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think it reflects really well on David Moyes that he he is he's got enough self belief and self confidence to say, okay, I've got all these guys. I mean, Stuart Pearce is obviously we know about his experience as a player, but also you know the blokes managed Manchester City. He's managed England,
0: yeah.
1: You know, and you sort of think to have him as just one of my coaches. You know, and, and have Alan Irving, who of course, mainly has worked alongside Moyes in, in recent years. But, you know, he had his spell at West Brom as the main man. Kevin Nolan has had his spell as the main man at a couple of clubs. You know, he doesn't care, Moyes. He's got the confidence to surround himself with an elite sort of gang. You know, you see politicians, you see prime ministers, you know, who, who, who fill their um, their cabinet with yes men. We're basically idiots who will just go along with <laughs> because they're just happy to be there. It's true, you see it all the time. You know, it's just like, you see, well, I'm, I i don't want people challenging what I think because I want to make all the decisions. So I just want a bunch of hangers-on who are happy to just be there, nodding their heads, saying yes, right? And they're just happy because they get the money and they get the, the, the fancy job title, right? That's not David Moyes because every one of those blokes that you're talking about, um will be the sort to challenge David Moyes on a daily basis, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it takes a lot of strength as a as a man to be able to sort of, you know, invite that kind of critique every day.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know what, when I think about Moyes' like back start, I think of the word loyalty. Paul Nevlin was loyal to Chris Hutton during his managerial career. Kevin Olin was like loyal to Sam and Dice. Stuart Pearce, even Stuart Pierce, like in his first time and obviously Moyes wanted him back initially. And and the board were like sort of against it because he was critical of him in the past. And even when that happened, Stuart pairs didn't come out and say, oh, you know, the board are terrible. Why not? Why not back? He was like, you know what? Hopefully I'll be back soon. Just kept on yeah. under the wrap sort of thing. Didn't come out and start seeing all these terrible things. He thought, you know what? Let me be loyal to, to David White. doing a great job. Hopefully I'll get the phone call again. And it happened. You got the phone call and now he's back. And it's, it's just great to see because that like, look at Aaron Cresswell, for example. There's a reason why he's having the, the best season of, it, of his life. He's got six assists so far this season. The most he's managed in the season is seven. And if you look at Under Bilic, he only managed four assists. He only managed one assist on the Pellegrini. Only one assist on the Pellegrini. I think I'm right in saying in Moises' two spells like combined, he's managed a total of 13 assists, which mm-hmm. is just remarkable. And Stuart Pearce has been there on both occasions. Stuart Pearce, obviously, former left-back, as we all know. Great left-back great left back in his day, I should say. And there's a reason why Aaron Crosswell's been playing well. After Masiwaki was playing well, you know, prior to getting injured, look at someone like Kevin Nolan, the goal scoring midfielder, Who's the goal scoring midfielder for West Ham, Thomas Sucheck. Look at Declan Rice making an effort to get more goals, taking that penalty against the, oh, who was against? I f- I forgot the team, but scoring that penalty, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're seeing the impact they're having behind the scenes in the players, you're like, yeah, I need to get more goals, or Cresswell, yeah, I need to get more yeah. assists. Like it's beautiful. I'm really happy to see it.
1: We talked a lot about Cresswell last week, but you know, I thought about it afterwards, and I thought about his performance against Tottenham. And I thought, you know, I don't, I've said this for I don't care about England. I don't care if our players get in the England team or not. Don't even feel, you know, I just care about West Ham. And if anything, I just am terrified that players playing for England will get injured or will end up, you know, moving clubs because, you know, they meet too many lads from, from the other richer clubs or whatever. That said, right? Aaron Cresswell, right, or Chilwell? Who's the better player Rashane?
2: Sure, Chilwell can't even get the Chelsea team right now. I know. <laughs>
1: can't so, get
2: the Chelsea team right now.
1: You know, someone, I think, in jest on a West Ham Facebook group I'm, I'm a member of, said the other day, is it me or is um, Cresswell looking like peak era Paolo Maldini, right? Now, there's an Italian uh, West Ham fan on this group who scoffed at that, right? Because obviously Maldini is a god to the yeah. Italians, and he, and he was, a, yeah, he was literally a footballing god. He looked like a yeah. god, right? But you know, Maldini was um, one of those players who had the gift of being able to play both at centre back and at left back. He was equally good at defending as he was at creating chances in attack. He was also the sort of player that was tough, but you never saw him with dirty shorts, right? He looked immaculate. He was one of those players, and you get a lot of Italian defenders like this, who are able to be strong but elegant at the same time. I tell you what, Cresswell is that player.
0: Yeah.
1: I can see, I mean, I'm not saying, Yeah, you know, I don't think there's ever been a player in that position as good as Paolo Maldini, but I can see a comparison. Because he's he is is a tough defender. He is really difficult to beat. He will get in with strong challenges. You know he will do he will do blocks when you think that all else is lost. He can do all that stuff, right? But he's unruffled. You won't see a hair out of place. You know, and when he's not doing all that stuff, he's at the other end creating chances. He's one of our main providers, as you said, of, of goals. Absolutely incredible. But Rashane, I mean, look. You know, Cresswell probably wouldn't, despite a performance like that on Sunday, I don't think he would have even made the top five of man in the match for West Ham, which says how brilliantly all our players played. Yeah. What What did you think? I mean, it's, I suppose it's a shame to pick out individual performances, but who would your man of the match have been?
2: Oh, that is a really good question. That is a really good question. You know, I'll, I'll give it to Lingard. Mm. I thought like Lingard was just amazing, but... Craig Dawson played well, you know. Yeah. Suchek, and Sefal, oh my goodness, they're made of still. I'm convinced they made of steel. Convinced Suček yeah. was bleeding in the first half. He still wants to play. Oh my I'm not sure if you saw it, but um Safal, I think something was wrong with his ribs when Fabi came out and, put, and punched the ball. Suchek ran up as if,
1: oh as if my so, God, you know what mate. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a clip going round, right? Someone's made a be- that I mean, of course, after a result like that. You settle down you think, right, now I'm going to wait for the memes to roll in, right? Because yeah. there's going to be some crackers. And there have been, right? I think maybe my favourite was someone just took the music from Titanic, the Celine Dion song from Titanic, <laughs> and just put that over the clip of Suchek running over. I mean, I've never seen the bloke move so quick. <laughs> running over to his mate. I mean, I, I felt it was slightly embarrassing, but they're yeah. so lovable. Both of them are just such lovable blokes, aren't they? You're right. They're made yeah. of steel. they got hearts of gold, mate. They love was, each other. And it, it's beautiful it, to see.
2: It really is. And Listen, when I saw the way Safar landed, I was thinking, oh, I know he's going to have to come off here. I saw that like, they're getting ready to bring a stretcher on. I was thinking, oh, no, mm. this looks this looks bad. And then he gets up and runs back on the field. I'm like, okay. what on earth is going on here? He's fine mm-hmm. after all. And I thought it was oh, nice. It's sure all that potato
1: saw... salad, mate. Oh, honestly, that's what's doing honestly,
2: it. Honestly, like We you know what to give him for his birthday now. That's yeah. for sure. And, um, like, in the video clip as well, Craig Dawson's like, mate, it's, it's fine. It's just his just ribs, like, he's, he's all right. Like, yeah, he's, not, he's, he's having yeah. to
1: calm him down. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, he's <laughs> not dying. <laughs> oh. oh, mate. Now, after the game, like I say, I was so tense. Even before the game started, I was tense throughout the first half when I thought we were reasonably comfortable. I was in I was in trouble, mate. I was in trouble mentally, emotionally, and physically. In the second half. Big style. Right. I was struggling. Because. It's that thing where you felt the prize. The glittering prize was so close. it was, You could almost taste it. But every second brought more drama. Right. And more fear. As Tottenham pushed harder and harder and harder. And I didn't know what to do myself. When the game was over. Right. The problem was. Midday kickoff. So I'm like. Hang about. It's only two o'clock. It's two o'clock on a Sunday. The sun was out. Right. It was like a spring day outside. And the kids were like, you know, what are we are going to do? You know, we can be out playing in the garden. Let's go out for a walk, a socially distanced walk, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I was, do you know what happened to me? Got no pride in admitting this. I was so exhausted <laughs> that I, I went upstairs. Right. I think I had to change my top because I've been sweating so much. Right. Uh, And I thought, I'm just going to have a little, I'm an old man. Right. I thought I'm going to have a lie down on the bed here. I feel knackered, right? Wake up, thinking it was 20 minutes later, go downstairs. I said, how long have I been up there for? My wife said, you have been sound asleep for two hours. (laughs) Two hours. She went, and I'm not surprised. She went, because the state of you during that game was unbelievable. She went, you literally just collapsed from nervous exhaustion at the end, and you've been asleep for two hours. I woke up at four o'clock, mate. Because it was just, the thing is, often, you know, during this period, we've been watching games in the evening, six o'clock kickoffs, eight o'clock kickoffs, you win, you've got the buzz of victory, right? And then you just think, right, bedtime, just going to get myself to bed and wake up feeling happy, right? Or you play in the afternoon, you're at a stadium, you've got to, you know, you go out afterwards, you meet your mates, you've got to get home and all the rest of it, right? I just had a whole sunny spring afternoon stretching out ahead of me. I did not know. How to channel all the emotion? So I just shut myself down, mate. That's all I could do. You were lucky that you had work to do because it gave you something to focus on.
2: Not, not at all. I, I was still nervous. I, <laughs> I was still, Listen, in the last ten minutes, I, the amount of water I was drinking that I had to go to the toilet because it, it was just too much. It became, it became unbearable. Like I was sweating as well, dressed and sweat by the time I left the stadium because I was just like in my chair. I kept rocking back and forth in the chair, thinking. I especially when I saw five minutes. I didn't I five minutes. Come on, like, can not be free? Yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely know what you mean. I, I imagine the listeners would be agreement with us. That was so, so intense and unbearable. That's why I uploaded the um, the GIF or SpongeBob buttoned his nails, because that's, that's how I felt. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it was madness.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone?
1: Right, we've got City next. It's never-ending. When you're a top, top team like us, when you're as massive as West Ham United, then every single weekend is like a cup final, right? We've got City next. But you know what? I find it so much easier because we had a weight of expectation with Tottenham. I think the form City are in, um, it's fine because no one's expecting anything out of it. I even felt that with that Liverpool game, which was, I feel, the most disappointing performance of the season almost, there was a sense that there was a bit of weight of expectation, like everyone was watching and thinking, "Are West Ham going to prove they're the real deal? Are they going to pull this off?" Liverpool are there for the taking, and we blew it. Right, we we flunked that. But against City, City are so imperious at the moment. I think it's the first game in a while that we can approach with the sort of underdog spirit that Moyes will be able to really harness. You know, and 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 if we lose that game, no harm done. The other teams around us have probably got to play City. A lot of them have, anyway. You know, and so it'll all balance out in the wash at the end of the season. But I don't know, man. I think that we've. I think that we can go out there. We're a nightmare to play against. We're a team that, when we're on form, like for instance we were against Palace, that we almost got to that level against Sheffield United, right? Then we're a real handful in attack. But I think when we're not in that kind of exuberant attacking form and we're just having to dig in and make ourselves resilient. It's even worse for the opposition manager, because then they can see no cracks. They can't think, well, West Ham are going to fly forward with their attacking players, and we'll be able to hit them on the counter. They just think, this bloody West Ham team are a nightmare. They're all going to get behind the ball. They all work for each other. They've got Rice and Checker. It's like playing against four men when it's only two of them in the centre of the field. They've got these incredible centre-backs They've got uh, brilliant fullbacks. They've got an amazing keeper. They are an absolute nightmare. I think City are going to find it tough against us, aren't they?
2: Hopefully, that's what Pep Guardiola will say come 2.30 on Saturday. That would be great mm. if we were to compliment West Ham like that. And you know what? I feel like we're a better team from the uh, 1-1 draw against Man City. I feel like yeah. we've improved but, since C- then.
1: but the problem is City are too, are aren't they?
2: Yeah, that's, that's the problem City are as well. Listen, I- I'll be happy with the draw. I think a draw would mm. be, oh, uh, be a good yeah. result. I'll be definitely happy with that. And you know what, even if West Ham were to lose, it wouldn't be the end of the world. We all know mm. Man City right now, it's a ridiculous form. It uh, streets above everyone else right now. So, a draw wouldn't be the end of the world. But I'm hoping we go into that match just full of confidence, feeling, you know what, we can win. Like, prior to, um, like, before every match, I always put our poll on Twitter, like, you know, West Ham fans, what's your prediction for this match? You know, how do you think the players will do? And um, ahead of Tottenham, I think I'm right in saying, like, the vast majority said I win. And I reckon fans will be relatively confident against Man City. Mm. I reckon fans will be. So
1: I, be, I, think, I think that, you know, look, City will be the favourites, and rightly so. They're extremely hard to play against at the moment. They're in an incredible rich vein of form. But the only team since the turn of the year that are on form anywhere near as good as theirs is us, right? And I just sort of think this is the sort of game that Moyes and the coaching team relish because they think, We've got nothing to lose and we're just going to make it tough. And I think that Moyes' game plan will be, let's see if we can nick this one nil. And there's no reason why we shouldn't. I think that it's not the most likely outcome. I think probably the most likely outcome is the City win. But I can absolutely envisage us just making ourselves tough to play against. And with the attacking players we've got, particularly Lingard and Antonio, on the break, we could be an absolute nightmare and just nick this one. And then after that, well, there's nothing much else to fear once we've got through that, is there?
2: After that, it's what? Leeds United beat Leeds United. One of the best performances of the season, in my opinion. We played so great at Ellen Road. So, could definitely get a result there. After that, Man United. Listen, Man United beat us twice already this season, but we we can definitely get a a victory. We owe them,
1: you know. We owe them because I felt that there was long periods in both games that we were better than them, particularly in the league. Right, I thought the cup game both teams were pretty lackluster, but I think particularly in the league we were unlucky that day, and I think we owe them this season because I actually think that we're at least as good as United this season, and that uh, we we deserve a victory in that, and I think we might get it.
2: I agree, and after that is Arsenal. Arsenal is so nah, the Gooners. Arsenal. I mean, so, they're so
1: lucky I mean, to beat us that two Club, aren't they? <laughs> yeah,
2: of course. Let me check the table. Let me check the table. In fact, we are eleven points ahead of Arsenal right now.
1: I mean, 11 this is ahead a small of time. Small we are a massive club, Sam. exactly. Yeah, we, are we are so massive. big, it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, well, we got more fat. Well, I think we got more fans, haven't we? And we, but we've always known that we got better fans. We've always known that. Um, and now we've got a, a, a vastly superior team. I mean, Arsenal. So we'll beat Arsenal. That, I mean, you look forward. You sort of think, well, Wolves. We battered them earlier in the season, and we've improved since then. Then we've got Leicester. Well, we battered them at their place yeah. earlier in the season. Although I would say that Leicester now are a more formidable opposition. Not to waste time praising another club, but I will say this about Leicester City, right? Everyone, at the moment, we're the story. At the moment, West Ham are the club that everyone in football is talking about saying, oh, look, isn't it amazing what they've done? They've overachieved. They've broken up the big boys. But I would say that, yeah, of course, Leicester did win the league. Not that long ago, right? And they finished... Did they finish fourth or fifth last season? I can't remember. You know, so, so you know, it's not like they're completely out of the blue. But I would say, in a way, West Ham's success has overshadowed the fact that Leicester have been in the top three for the vast majority of the season. You know, they've been doing very well. And I would say they don't have... You know, they're not a poor club, but they don't have the same spending power as Manchester United or Manchester City or Liverpool. Right. And so I'm yeah, I'm not here to sort of this is I'm sure there's a several other Leicester City podcasts you could listen to, and I'm happy for West Ham to get praise. But I think bloody hell, West Ham Leicester City is a top-of-the-table clash on the 10th of April. <laughs> Mad.
2: Absolute it really, madness. It really is. And honestly, we will win that. <laughs> oh, definitely that. Win that. We'll listen, win mate, that.
1: listen, listen. Right. Rashane, serious. Real talk now. Where are you looking at in the fixtures between now and the 23rd of May, where do you think we're dropping points?
2: I think, let's say, if West Cam can overcome the next, what, four, four, or five matches and pick up some really good points, I reckon between like Newcastle and Everton, that's right, so where we could potentially drop points because the pressure will be getting to the players. Because if it's such a unique position that we find ourselves in, I think then we could drop points. To the fact that you know what we're so close to finish the top four, like we we're not we're not used to this. What's gonna happen? I think yeah. that's where West Ham could drop points, in my opinion. What do you think?
1: Yeah, so you're looking at it from a psychological point of view yeah. as opposed to which teams do you think can take points yeah. from us? Yeah, I mean I think obviously City and United um, are the teams that could. I'm joking about Arsenal, but Arsenal have shown signs of a bit of a resurgence. Recently, so and I suppose historically, you know, like Arsenal usually get the better of West Ham, so it's really hard to look at that completely objectively, just based on form. Um, so that makes me a bit nervous. And obviously, Leicester, Chelsea are a bit resurgent. But the thing is, what I know is that if we play at our best, I don't. If if we play at our best and how or, or just how we've been playing for several weeks now then we will finish in the top four. We just will, barring a big injury. And that means barring an injury to Declan Rice or Thomas Suchek. Because even in other positions, I would have said Ogbonna, right? But Ogbonna's out. And the centre-backs we've got, the strength and depth we've got in that position is unbelievable, you know. Um, So, yeah, I, I think barring... Uh, I, I suppose, the, you know, and, we, and we've and we lost and People say, oh, you know, you can't sell Hala. What if Antonio gets injured? Well, Antonio was injured and we still, you know, um, we played without a striker and thrashed Sheffield United. So I think that it would have to take, I think central midfield is the area that I'd be worried about. If either of those lads got a big injury, then I'd be worried. But other than that, I just think it would have to take a pretty big crisis in confidence to come from somewhere. And I can't see it happening. And you know for us To some... lose too many of these games, we've got left.
2: There's something we haven't mentioned yet. Fans will be back for the last game against Southampton. Can we, right. see? we heard what Dave what boy Johnson said yesterday about the whole, you know, uh, like his how he plans to ease lockdown. So fans will be back for Southampton game. Listen, I, I'm only speaking on the fact that West Ham are still in the top four. But if we keep up the good run of four and keep winning games, we could have the biggest party for that Southampton game. Like, can,
1: God, you mate. can you imagine?
2: Can you imagine? Oh, my goodness. I'll use all composure. I don't even know how I'd react. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, and you're renowned for your composure. Yeah. Right? You have maintained the good reputation of the athletic through thick and thin in the press box, right? You are synonymous with the word professional. But I see you, right, with one of those beer hats with the straws coming out of them, <laughs> right? <laughs> On top of a burning car in Stratford, <laughs> right? In knees up, Mother Brown, right at 2 a.m. in the morning, right? Surrounded with Danny Dyer and Ray Winston beside you. Yeah, that's these are the sort of scenes people are going to see. I will be on horseback, I'll have mounted a police horse and gone rogue, right? Naked, my whole body painted in claret and blue, singing, We're All Going on a European Tour. It's going to be sensational, and I'm going to say to everyone listening. Everything's on the table that day. As long as we're not bothering anyone else or breaking the law. Nah, even breaking the law to a small degree, I think, is fair enough, right? If that day comes against Southampton, post lockdown, West Ham will qualify for the Champions League. All bets are off, lads. We can just absolutely lose it. Right? That's fair, isn't it?
2: Oh, of course, of course. That'll just be oh, that'll be so good. Like, I'm not sure. Like sometimes i watch like videos on YouTube issue like dogs. Getting so excited when it sees <laughs> <laughs> the orders. Do you, mate? Pass out. What? Yeah.
1: You just do that to relax sometimes. Yeah, you know, sometimes.
2: Yeah. I say, let, I... let me just see your dog react. To yeah, it's really
1: nice. I've seen videos like that. It's lovely.
2: I mean, let's pass out. because could they get so excited?
1: That's more or less what I did. I just passed out, mate. We beat Spurs, went fourth, and I just passed out for two hours. <laughs> it's bloody worrying. Better uh... go and get some tests. Oh well. <laughs> If I go, I go, you know, and if it and if it's as West Ham, you know, enter the Champions, the thing, uh, we'll get into this next week. If we get into Europe, mate, I mean, you, you'll be at the expense of the Athletic flying around, right, to the New Camp, to the Bernabeu, to the San Siro, to all these places, watching West Ham play in the Champions League. You're going to be on a sensational European tour next year, hopefully, mate.
2: I've already started looking at flights on British Airways, EasyJet. I'm just trying to get in that mindset. Do you have to put
1: your own flights or does The Athletic have an in-house head of travel and logistics?
2: It's the latter part, an in-house head of logistics. So we're covered. We're completely covered. Nice now, hotels, you name it.
1: Do you think there'll be an appetite for um, some Athletic podcast mm-hmm. hosts to be out at some of these games reporting live from the uh, a lovely European city? I don't know, perhaps in a piazza, <laughs> sipping, a ni- sipping a nice coffee. Uh, you know, like James Richardson used to do on Football Italia in the 90s. I, I'm sort of visualising us in a nice town square somewhere in Florence. Do you know what I mean, oh, Yeah,
2: I, I can be, picture it now. Do you you, you...
1: Be, yeah, don't just picture it, mate. Go and pitch it to the bosses <laughs> there. Yeah? So of listen, course. I think we should get Delaney involved in this European tour business.
2: Yeah, can you imagine this all nice and sunny with your, your flip flops and your shorts and oh, oh and the sunglasses.
1: Be absolutely amazing with Miss Sombrero on the lot. <laughs> 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 oh, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Perhaps we'll look more into a potential West Ham European tour over the coming weeks. Let's leave it there. Let's hope that we can get some sort of result against City and then onwards and upwards. What a time to be alive, right? And what a time to be part of a, the one for West Ham family. Uh, Rachael, thanks as always. What are we looking forward to? Something on the coaching team this week on the on the site?
2: Oh, uh, actually, uh, should be posting a a, poet, a, a piece on uh, Moyes, on what he got up to during his nineteen months uh, when he's out of work. Obviously, oh, he's talking about like visiting Red Bull and you know trying mm-hmm. to like tap into their sort of model. So yeah, I'm looking to speak to a few people at Red Bull just to get an insight into what they did with David Moyes and how it benefited him. So that and another piece of uh, my colleague Tom Warwell or like. West Ham's chances of uh, finishing the top four. So we're the two pieces to look out for this week.
1: Brilliant. All right, you can follow me at Delaney Man on Twitter. You can follow Rashane at Rashane Sport. Subscribe to Athletics so you can get Rashane's fantastic writing on West Ham in your inbox all through the week. Uh, until next time, come on, you irons, and remember, ladies and gents, there's only one... <laughs> Samasiamu!
0: the Athletic.